Hello, my friends. Kenny Stevens here, and welcome to Rookie Real Estate, where your road to success begins right here and right now. Whether you're transitioning from your day job to your dream job, or you're on your road to your first 50 transactions, success is in the details, my friends, and we're going to unpack the fundamental principles required for you to thrive. Are you ready? Let's do this. All right, good morning, my friends. We are diving back into our buyers series. The last two episodes have broken down the 500 foot view of the entire buying process. Now it's critical that you can see the whole picture so that you can prepare to actually serve a client and walk them through the buying process. The student becomes the teacher. Knowledge and confidence is key. If you've not listened to those two episodes, give them a listen. Create your own flow chart so that you can see it, that you can feel it, and then you can know it. You're going to have to be able to articulate this to a client. Don't practice on your clients. Most people wait till it's game time to practice. Be prepared beforehand. All right, quick commercial break here. Don't forget, my friends, this podcast exists to get you prepared for a successful real estate career. Average is unacceptable. Being exceptional is the goal. Become an expert in your field. As you listen, please comment, ask questions, and leave a five-star review. That's how other people are going to hear about Rookie Real Estates. That is how we grow this Rookie Real Estate community. That's how we make our industry better. That's how we change lives. Thank you for your loyalty and kind words. Together, we can be unstoppable. All right, commercial's over, back jumping in. Here we go. Let's say that you've gotten a client to call you. A friend of a friend recommended that you were the agent to use for them to buy their home, and they have actually called you. You've picked up the phone. What are you going to do now? Maybe they're sitting out in front of a house, and they call, and they say, Hey, Kenny, I'm out in front of this house, and I want to see it. Will you show it to me? Billy Bob said that you were the guy to use. Can you show us this house? And maybe you jump in the car, you drive over there, and you spend the next four Saturdays showing them 10, 12 houses a Saturday, and you've gotten so consumed in just showing houses, they never pick one. They feel overwhelmed. They get frustrated with the process. All of a sudden, Billy Bob gave you all these recommendations and you can't close the deal. They can't find the house they want. And all of a sudden, they go MIA and you have no idea what went wrong. That is what happens to most new agents. I love the zealousness. I love the heart to get out and go, I'll show it to you. And you run out there and you unlock the door. But there's an actual process. There's a method 
to this madness that I want to make sure that you are prepared for and that you get right on the front end. So don't don't let me squish or or extinguish your fire and your passion and your drive to go and get that door unlocked, but let's do it right. Sometimes you do have to jump in the car and go show a client. I wouldn't recommend this for a stranger that you've never heard of because there's some safety issues that we're going to cover in another podcast, but sometimes you decide to do it. It makes sense. You know who the friend is. You know who the people are. You jump in the car and you show them that first one, but during that first one, you've got to set the next plan in place so that you don't spend four Saturdays showing 10 to 12 houses a Saturday and never get the job or the deal closed. It's a disservice to you and it's a disservice to your clients. Trust me on this one. Now you think I'm kidding, but this really does happen all the time. It's like throwing a fistful of darts at a dartboard hoping that you hit the bullseye. It's dangerous and odds of success are actually very low, even though you think jumping in the car and heading out there is what you should do no matter what. Don't be that agent who's fooled themselves into thinking that a client says jump and you ask how high. It's not sustainable. It's a waste of everybody's time and eventually leads to frustration by all parties, including yourself. Don't let your eagerness drive you into stupidity. Before too long, I've said this a while ago, your buyers will be calling your mutual friend back and going, who did you refer to me? They're not getting the deal done. That's not how you want a referral to go. So how do we avoid this? The easy answer, always do a buyer's consultation. That's what we're going to talk about today, my friends. We're going to lay out a buyer's consultation and how to get them into your office, what to do whenever they get here, what to say, how to build it up, how to prepare for it, how to create an environment to where you're going to win not only this client over and earn their business, but they're going to win and what they want and being able to find the home that best fits their family's needs and to be able to get the deal done and close so that you get paid and everybody wins. If you forget about that this is a profession to where you actually have to close deals in order to make an income, then we're going to get sidetracked on just chasing our tail around every time the phone rings. There's actually a very easy process once you know it. And if you don't divert from that path, you will get deals done and it'll actually allow you more margin in your day to be able to work with more than just one buyer at a time. You can work with up to six, eight, and 10 buyers at a time if you do this correctly. Now that is how you make some money. More than one client at a time. Now if the average agent is selling three houses a year, that's one every three months uh, or one every four months. Uh, That's not sustainable in order for this to be actual money-making career. So let's see if you can work with three, five, six, eight, ten buyers at a time. And that's whenever you can close the deal and make some money. All right. It doesn't matter if the couple are first-time home buyers or this is their fifth home do a buyer's consultation. 
Yes, they will look differently, but both require information in order to make this experience enjoyable and your service to be of quality. Bringing somebody into your office and creating an experience and to make them make you look like a professional is the goal here. Lawyers don't meet you at the courtroom for the first time when the trial is starting. Doctors don't introduce themselves inside the operating room right before you go under the knife. Same with real estate professionals. Set the bar high and be that professional. They're expecting this out of you. So when you do something differently, they're wondering why. Because if you are the professional that you are presenting yourself to be, this is what they're going to expect. Now, we may need to pause for just a minute here. People learn by hearing, by seeing, and by writing. We want to provide all three opportunities in this presentation, in this consultation. We want to have the actual digital presentation already ready. We're going to build that in a little bit, probably in another podcast, not in this one. Uh, Hopefully, your brokerage already has one that you can copy off of or create your own based on that one. But if not, we're going to build that right here. You'll be able to have one by the time this buyer series is over. Just hang in there with me. But maybe you're tech savvy and you want to create this off-the-wall phenomenal presentation on your own. I encourage you to do that. I'm not that guy. Thankfully, I have Scott Parker and a marketing and design manager that takes care of all of that for me. But I will, as an advantage to you, lay that out and teach you how to build what he's created. What is amazing about Scott is I can put it on a napkin and Tara can put things on a napkin and draw things and scribble it and they go, here, here's what we're thinking. This guy doesn't know real estate, but he does know marketing and design and he can create based on what we're giving him and the content. And that's how you build a digital presentation. I went to a CRS class that was for listing presentations. Everybody was there for listing presentations. There was about 60 people there, and the instructor said, how many have a digital presentation? And three of us or four of us raised our hand out of that many. So when you come up with this and you have a buyer's consultation and presentation in digital form and it's ready and it's outlined and it's ready to go and they, they come into the office, you look like a beast and that's what we're wanting. That's what we're trying to create here. All right, so what we're wanting to do is create a visual opportunity for them to see what you're saying, to hear what you're saying, and then also to provide them with an opportunity to take notes and ask questions and things like that. So you can do it in PowerPoint, you can do it in Prezi, you can do it in Keynote, whatever type of computer you have let's create that we'll lay that out for you in another podcast coming up very soon all right back to the consultation when you speak to the clients for the first time ask them if they would like to if how they would like this process to go smooth and enjoyable is your goal Of course, they will say yes whenever you ask them if that's how they want it to go. Whenever you present it like that, would you like this to go smooth and enjoyable and actually be a fun adventure together? And then you're gonna say, yes, that would be great, Kenny. Let's make that happen. You say, great, when can we meet in my office for 30 to 45 minutes for us to get this process started correctly? So I prepped them, I've got them ready. I let them out there and I dropped a little hook in front of them, they took the bait and then I brought them in to a consultation mentality to where they come in and we have this. Same things with doctors, same things with lawyers and I even say that sometimes. 
if necessary, or if somebody gives me a little bit of pushback, say, look, you don't meet an attorney at the courtroom right before the trial starts. Same thing with this. This is our largest investment. Let's bring it home. Now, I always promise them this will be the best 30 minutes of their life. Now, if you're going to make a statement like that, you can't disappoint. And I've never had somebody leave my office disappointed. I promise you that. But it usually elicits a chuckle out of them. Set up your time based on your schedule. So whenever you say, let's do this in my office, say, would Tuesday at 3.30 work? Are you good for Friday at noon? We'll catch it during your lunch break. Whenever you're able to schedule like that, you're doing it around when you can do it and not during your family time or on the weekends, if at all possible. So give them some options. I'm going to really drive that home for you every time we have a podcast you create the schedule they take days off to go see attorneys they take days off to go to the doctors they can take a half a day or an hour or two out of their day to come see you and to be able to have this consultation now you also want to have all decision makers present during this consultation don't just bring the wife in she's going to fall in love with you she's going to go home and talk about how amazing and good looking and wonderful kenny is and this guy's going to be like who is kenny so don't do that to yourself bring both of them in or you're going to bring the husband in the wife's going to stay home and he's going to fall in love with you and you go man this guy is a beast here's who we're using she feels like she's been steamrolled and she doesn't know what's going on so bring them both in make sure you work it around both of their schedules so that this can get done now look once your date is set and the time is set i usually ask if they have a preferred lender that they are looking to use now 99 percent of the time they'll take a referral from me they'll say no kenny you know we're just starting this process or maybe we have one in another state but we don't know anybody here and then of course i recommend michael brown at churchill mortgage and i tell them at that point i'm like okay great if you would like for me to I'll have Michael Brown call you in the next 24 to 48 hours. Now, the reason I have Michael call them is because sometimes they'll get distracted, we'll cover a lot of content, and they'll forget to call Michael. I don't want this step to be skipped, if at all possible, if we can cover this before they actually get into my office. Now, sometimes I get them in my office, and then I call Michael on the phone right there with him sitting there. I let them have a 10-minute conversation, and then we move on for the rest of my consultation. But I prefer to have it done beforehand. Now, due to my relationship with Michael, that we've got this figured out. We've done this lots and lots and lots of times. What Michael's really good at doing and go, oh my goodness, you're working with Kenny Stevens over at DeSalms Real Estate? Man, what a great decision. That guy is a mover and shaker. He does great with his clients. He protects them. They love him. You made a really good decision. So he will back me up and also speak highly of me whenever he speaks to him as he's getting done what he needs to get done. So this process is usually only a 15 minute conversation on the phone based on what they tell him. Michael then calls me back a few minutes later and says, okay, Kenny, here's what you've got. Here's what they can do based on what they told me. They're qualified for up to this amount. Here's where you can get the ball rolling. So that way, when we have our presentation, later in the presentation, we're going to start looking at uh, maybe properties that are available to them. I can narrow it down and not show them a $400,000 property whenever the most they can afford is $350,000. You don't want to be that agent. They can't unsee it. Once they see what $400,000 looks like, there's a big difference between $400,000 and $350,000. So you can prevent that from happening. Now, sometimes people will tell Michael, hey, and I even encourage this. Uh, 
you know what your budget is. If your budget's $2,000 a month and you can't afford any more than that for taxes, insurance, and your mortgage payment, then tell Michael that. And then Michael can do a reverse formula and say, based on taxes, insurance, escrow, and your mortgage, you can buy this much house for $2,000 a month. That gives us the starting point and does not set them up for disappointment. This is a critical step in the process. So we don't want to miss that, but I also don't want to necessarily get all of that in the initial presentation because I've only got 30 minutes that I promised is going to be the best time of their life. If I kill 20 of it with Michael, then I'm, I've actually just expanded the time frame and it's still going to be an amazing time frame, but I want to keep my promises of 30 to 45 minutes and to make it productive so that we can skip some steps if we can get them done ahead of time. It also builds confidence along the way. So if you can get this done, great. Another thing that I drive home, once I'm in the consultation with Michael, one of our slides, or with the buyers, is one of our slides talks about Michael and how he's gonna ask for everything they've ever done in their entire life on paper. If your mama gave you a $25 check for your birthday and you deposit it during this process, they're gonna be, hey, what's this deposit? That's not normal. They're going to ask you for your blood type, your shoe size. They want you to name your firstborn after them. That's how deep they dive into your life. But that's not Michael's fault. That's because the regulatory things that are required in a loan process and underwriting, this has to be done. They learned their lesson in 2008, 9, and 10 not to give away loans to everybody that blinks, but they've also gone to the other extreme. So if you explain this to your client on the front end and kind of make it fun, and a joking matter like, oh, they're going to want your blood type, then they're not angry or frustrated when two weeks before closing, they're still asking for more documentation and more documentation. Set the expectations on the front end. It makes it that much smoother. Makes closing a lot more fun too. All right. Now, you set your appointment. You referred the lender, whoever that is. They've spoken to them. You know what your starting point is. You know what they can afford. Even if it's three to six months out, three to six months actually means get the appointment set now. If it's a year, then wait six months. Do it six months early. Don't lose the opportunity because what they're going to do, I had a client that had, uh, he and his wife, first-time home buyers, had 12 months left or uh, eight months left on their lease. Uh, they said, we're eight months out, we're planners, we want to do this. I did the presentation. They fell in love with the house. They had enough money that they were able to buy themselves out of their lease, bought this house. Within 45 days of our consultation, they were homeowners. So don't, if somebody, if I would have drug my feet and waited six months, somebody else might have gotten them or they might have gotten excited, seen a sign, gone into that house and used that agent, I would have missed that opportunity. So six months doesn't mean six months. It actually only means about one or two. So get the consultation done. Get them in your office. Let them fall in love with you. Now, when we get into, let's talk about the meeting. You have a receptionist, I hope, or somebody at your office that sits up front when they come in. Give them your client's name 10 minutes before they arrive. Now, if you don't have somebody like this in your office, ask another realtor to do it for you and then return the favor for them. Because what we want to happen is they get out of their car, they come up to the uh, front door, they open the front door. We want the first thing to happen is a smiling, warm face saying, hey, Mr. and Ms. Smith, how are you doing? Uh, Kenny is so excited that you're here. Or I don't know about so excited, but Kenny is expecting your arrival. 
why don't you guys follow me? I'll show you to where he's at. That way they don't have to wander around wondering what to do. Are they in the right place? That first few seconds is awkward and we don't want that to happen. So have somebody introduce himself. If you have a receptionist or you have somebody in your office to do that, great. If you don't, ask another agent to do it for you, make you look good, and then return the favor. Now that way, when your clients walk in, they're actually immediately, their guard is down just a little bit more because they were you were expecting them and you look like a professional. Now they need to feel this experience. I talk about that a lot. Scott drives it into our brains that it's everything is about what, they'll forget what you say, but they will not forget how you made them feel. So be intentional. When they are led to your office and introduced to you, stand up, walk around your desk and greet them. If this feels right, shake hands with the man, maybe give the female a hug. I don't know what kind of comfort level you have with that. I'm touchy-feely, not in a creepy kind of way. But if it feels right, I'll stick one arm around, give a side hug to a, uh, a wife and shake the man's hand nice and firm. And even Whenever I shake a hand, I'll even add my second hand on top. So it's almost a two-handed shake for me. It feels more intimate. It feels more personal. And it's just not like somebody you bumped into in the mall. This is actually, I'm glad you are here. I want this to be warm. I want to be smiling. I want to be on my A game. Nothing outside of what's normal but something a little bit more than what you are in your everyday interaction with people. The first impression is critical if you've never met this couple before. But even if you have and you know them and they know you, uh, you're a new agent and they known you as a police officer and now you're a real estate agent, you need to establish that you are now the professional in this area, in this space. So you have to intentionally make that happen and make them feel warm coming in, even as simple as adding the extra hand on top of and having a two-hand shake right there can make the difference for it to feel that much more intimate. Now, don't do anything that's awkward to you. If you do this and you don't feel right about it, they're going to pick up on that too, so let's not push that boundary. But you know your comfort level. You'll be able to read theirs. right off the, If they're smiling and nodding and just glad to be walking into your office, then love on them. Big. If they're reserved, we're going to have to loosen them, up, loosen them up a little bit, but still be warm and inviting. Set the tone. Be intentional. All right, so you invite them in, you invite them to sit down and you offer them you know, two bottles of water that you already had prepared for them, sitting in place right next to where they're gonna be sitting. You've also, you're gonna offer them a pen and paper. Now giving somebody something and giving somebody more than one thing really also establishes a psychological connection as well. You've now given them something. Not that they're indebted to you, but they have nothing to give back to you. So they feel something there. This is intentional. Also, if you look like you're sucking on lemons whenever you communicate with people, you need to do your presentation in front of a mirror. This is critical. If you are, uh, if you've never seen yourself speak or sing, uh, performers do this all the time. They sing in front of mirrors, pastors, uh, speakers speak in front of mirrors because they want to see what their face looks like when they're talking. And I even go back and watch these YouTube channels sometimes as painful as it is. Uh, I know that I move my hands a lot and psychologically I'm trying to keep my hands still, but it's, I'm a, I'm a, 
a full body talker. I just do that. And I look at my hands and I'm like, ah, you're killing me. But, you know, psychologically, I just I'm trying to stop it or make it look more normal. But it's what we do. So when you're looking at them and you're offering them stuff and you're smiling and you're warm, again, they're going to respond to this. I'm trying to find where I'm at in my notes here. All right. It's not about necessarily them being indebted to you. It's just about a connection there that you've given them something and they might not have brought anything to write down and you want to create the mentality of we're going to learn something here. I'm going to teach you something. So you've invited them to sit down. They're sitting there. You've given them everything. You're going to tell them we will be taking notes. Now, let's assume for a minute that uh, you do have your own office or you don't have your own office. Now, if you're in a real estate brokerage and there are people that are more uh producers and you and you don't have an exclusive office maybe you can rent an office from them for an hour and say hey can i give you 25 dollars and let me borrow your office bring in some pictures from you and the family put them up there make it look like it's yours when i first came to real estate terry's the corner office billion dollar agent i just took it i didn't really ask because i didn't want him to say no but i would have a buyer come in and i would be in the corner office in his seat, they would be sitting across from me at his desk, and I and he would come in, and I could see him walk by because he had a glass door, and he would just keep on walking and find him in a seat where the gallery is, where everybody, because he knew what I was doing, and it was important. And I, too, offer that for anybody of our new agents. If you need my office, you take it. I'll find somewhere else to sit. Now, if you don't have that opportunity, a conference room is fine. It's just you're going to work harder to have to make it feel warm and you don't necessarily want to put your family pictures at a conference room table because that would look awkward. But the, the key here is to prep beforehand. Don't just let them walk in. You blow in late. Don't do that, please, for of all things. But be prepared. Make it look like you were ready for them. Let's see. Where am I at? When the first five minutes of your meeting is absolutely critical. All that I've been describing to you is really the first 90 seconds. So it seems like a lot of information, but that 90 seconds sets the tone for where you're going to be. The rest of it is actually producing and pouring out information. This is why it must be in, intentional and in a controlled environment. Let's slam dunk this the first time. If you look like a circus clown, their, their faith in you is going to be so much more diminished. All right, so they're sitting down. You've offered them something. You've sat down in your seat. You're taking your position. You're starting this uh, process. Now's the time to spend a few minutes connecting. We don't want to dive straight into a presentation. Ask questions about them and make sure that they're doing most of the talking. You're going to have plenty to talk about in a few minutes, but on the front end, you want them talking about themselves. If you refer to them by a friend, then talk about them uh, your friend that referred them to you. That's how y'all connected. The interaction, there's going to be a bond there. I even and sometimes jokingly say, you know, you really need a better group of friends if you're hanging out with so-and-so. It's kind of light. It's chuckling. Everybody gets it. They understand that I'm kidding. But those kind of interactions connect you with them. Now, this is when you take time. Don't rush this part of the conversation. Let it flow, but also don't force it. They may be a very strong D personality and they're ready to dive in. You've gotten them in there, which they probably were kicking and screaming doing that if they're a strong D. Knowing personalities is critical here, but also if they're 
a social person, you've got to not let them talk for two hours either. So there is a balance here, and you'll be able to feel that out the better you do it. The first couple of times, it may take 20 minutes to do the presentation, and the next time it may take two hours, but you will get better at this. But don't force it. Let it flow. Your goal is to establish a connection and compliment them you know, on coming in and your appreciation of them taking a little bit of time out and that you've got a lot to cover, and it's going to be worth their time. All right, speaking of time, you're going to ask them, how much time do we have? Maybe they're on a lunch break or maybe they have less than 30 minutes to 30, 45 minutes. But when you ask them that, it shows respect for how much their time matters. And then do not break that. If they say, I've got to leave here by one o'clock, do not go one second over one o'clock. Actually start shaking their hands and walking them to the door about uh, 11 or 12.55. So that way you get them out five minutes early. Respect their time. Make sure that you have a buyer's folder ready and prepared for them whenever they leave, that you also give them a gift as they leave. Now, my company, I know this is a podcast, but we're also recording it for YouTube. My company has a nice folder that has our logo on the front. We have a 35-page buyer's presentation inside that lays out everything that we're going to talk about during this. I actually tell them, just relax. Everything we're going to discuss is in this 35-page magazine, including the roadmap. Just enjoy this process with me, and I'm going to provide you some information. You can dig deeper or ask me questions after you leave, and you guys are eating dinner tonight if you want to. Feel free to email me or call me, and we can dig in a little bit deeper. So that kind of takes the pressure off them taking too many notes because I've already got it created. It looks good. It's sending them away with something. So if they begin asking questions on the front end, let them know that we're going to cover this process and that there at the end will be plenty of time for them to ask questions. Not necessarily shutting them down. Don't do that. But also letting them know that we're fixing to dive right into that, that you're glad they asked that. Now, this will allow you and allow them to write down through the process of them sharing things with you and you connecting with them, they're gonna tell you a lot of stuff about them. Oh, we're first time home buyers, we're, we've bought 50 houses. Take notes yourself, have a pen and paper yourself and take notes because what they're saying, it shows that what they're saying is important to you and you can look back down and be reminded that like, oh, you bought six houses. We're gonna make sure the seventh one is the best one yet. Ask about the processes of previous purchases, what they liked and what they didn't like. Ask them about their realtors and how that experience was. If they say, man, we never heard from my realtor, make a mental note. Follow up often. So that way you know they want to hear from you. If they say, man, the guy called me six times a day. It drove me crazy for 45 days. Make a note. Call twice a week. Give them information through emails. Figure out what they're liking and not liking and then give that to them so that it also makes that uh, option smoother for them because they've already communicated what they liked and didn't like. So you're giving them a folder. Make sure that you have the pen and pad. Uh, you should begin asking them a couple of questions about their processes, what they've done in the past. See, I was a detective. I loved diving into people's lives and I would get, I knew what I needed to know, but I would get that through conversation and not through direct questions. So write this down in the process. Now, we don't want to interrogate anybody. So you hear the word detective, but like, yeah, it was an interrogation. There's a bright light. It's not that. It's more of just interactional and back and forth. So you've learned about their family, what they do for a living, what they enjoy, the hobbies. You can see if they have ever owned a home. We've talked about that. 
this question determines how deep you dive into some of the parts of this presentation. Now, if they are currently renting, it's good to know how much time they have remaining on their lease. This will give you a feel for the urgency. Now, don't panic. If it's still six months away, like I mentioned earlier, now is still the right time to dive in. It doesn't mean that it'll actually be six months. Now, if during the conversation, you've learned that they bought 10, maybe 20 homes in the past 50 years, then you'll need this, still need this meeting. It is still critical to have, but you've got to up them, update them on today's market and how to negotiate the inventory that we have or don't have, the prices and how they've changed over the past 20 years of them buying homes. Let them know that you know they are authority too, but that you're current and up-to-date in today's market. So don't be intimidated, even though you're brand new and they bought 50 houses, they've been through this 50 more times than you have. That's okay, don't let them see you sweat. You can still make this happen and they will never know. That's the point of this presentation, is that they don't know if you've done this once or 500 times. That's how smooth this is going to go if you're prepared on the front end. If you keep these three points in mind, every buyer's worry about this. This is their pain points, if you will. They don't want to miss out on finding their dream home. They don't want to pay too much for that home. And they don't want to buy somebody else's lemon. They don't want to buy a problem. So if those are the three pain points or three things that every buyer worries about, you know that you can cover that during the presentation and during your interaction and assure them that with your expertise that those three things aren't going to be a problem and that this can be enjoyable. Now, it seems like I've covered a lot so far, and I have. But in terms of time spent with your client, now we're up to about five minutes. First 90 seconds critical. Now we're about five minutes in. Keep an eye on the clock and don't let this necessarily drag out to 20 minutes. Stay focused. But sometimes it does happen. Uh, as long as the client is doing most of the talking, I think I mentioned this earlier, and it's not you, that's okay. But you still have to keep the time. What I see sometimes with new agents is their nervous energy makes them talk too much and they can't bring it home. They just ramble on because it's nervousness. Respect their time, know what you're gonna say, have it prepared. Now sometimes, as I've described above, that you can't necessarily do this in an office or in controlled environment. That they don't wanna drive that far to your office or you're trying to meet them on their lunch break closer to their office and you have to do this at a coffee shop or at a Panera or at some kind of restaurant. That's okay, it's not as controlled, but it's still in, a, in your environment or you're, you're bringing them to you. But you still have to be that much more prepared if it's gonna be in that type of place. All right, so if you do have to meet them outside of your office in a less controlled environment, but yet still you're getting together outside of their home, actually together, you can still control this process and first impressions are still critical. It establishes your role as the expert, your knowledgeable professional that you are, and not just a monkey that will jump whenever they say jump and you say how high. Yes, it serves their needs and your needs. Everybody wins when this takes place, whether it's in your office or somewhere else. But how you go about that process will determine how many buyers, again, that you can work with at a given time. So we're past the first five minutes. What now? 
This is where I usually transition from casual talk to more of a presentation mode. Temptation will be to stay relaxed and just skim over a 500-foot conversation of the buying process. I've had it happen to me. You're connecting so well. You hate to transition, but you've got to do it. And even if it's a friend or a family member, you have still got to transition into the presentation mode of this. The only people who do it this way the ones that just stay in the conversation modes don't have probably one, either digital presentation or the confidence that they really are the professional. So go ahead, build your presentation, and we're going to do that together in other podcasts if you don't have one, but get to the presentation so that you can close this thing down. Now, this is your time to shine. Establish authority as an expert in your field. Remember, the three things that I told you that scare the socks off your clients is they don't want, they will not want uh, to be able, they're worried they won't be able to find their perfect home or their dreamed home. And there'll be something wrong with it uh, in the process of buying it or that something that uh, they'll pay too much for it. Those are the three things. Keeping that in mind, this is what our presentation will cover and you'll touch on these several times. Never give them these three items specifically though. Don't say those three out loud to them. Work it into your conversation so they can feel it, not just hear it. Now, earlier I mentioned to have a buyer's packet ready. Inside that buyer's packet, you're gonna have a couple of things. Now, in my particular case, we've already got a 35 something page buyer's packet together. It's called a buyer's guide that we give them to walk them through this entire process that I'm fixing to do digitally. But if you don't have that, you can go online and download some roadmaps as to like the buying process and then create your own or even use that if you have to. Your lender may have some material that you can use showing the buying process, something that they can walk away with in their hand. Now, also, I put all of the contract documents they're going to have to sign and I show it to them. I pull it out of this folder in this process and go, I'm going to give this to you and here's all the documents that eventually you will have to sign. Now, I just said eventually. So that way they don't feel pressure right that moment they've got to sign all these documents. But I do mention also there's really only one that matters today in the grand scheme of things. But all of these will have to be signed. There are all kinds of disclosures, nine-page contracts here in Tennessee. There's disclaimers and there's uh, RESPA agreements and there are uh, property condition disclosures based on the property that they're going to buy. There's all these documents. If you give it to them beforehand and they're very analytical, they're already going to read them and know them and ask you questions. But whenever you're getting ready to write an offer, going through 28 pages is painful. If you've already explained it to them, they've read it, they've understand it, they've taken time if they want to to get with an attorney and to review it together so they know what they're signing, they've had that time. So when it comes down to finding the dream home, you just have to fill out the paperwork, go over it with them, make sure they're comfortable, they sign and you get under contract. That's why I give that to them then. I also have a an article that I was in that I put in this. It establishes a little bit more street cred, talks about my community involvement. If you've got some client testimonials, that's a good one-pager or two-pager to put in there of other people that have worked with you. Creating all of this before they actually come to your office is what I'm trying to drive home in this podcast. The preparation 
for this presentation is what this entire process is about because that five, the first 90 seconds, the five minutes front end, and then transitioning into the presentation is where you've already won. By the time you're to the end, y'all are best friends and you're ready to conquer the world. Here's where I would normally go ahead and dive into the slides because we're so far into this and it took longer than I thought, then we're going to break this. This is a buyer's series. We're gonna break the next couple of episodes down into creating your presentation. Next week, I've got Michael Brown from Churchill gonna come in, I'm gonna interview him about what it looks like on his end when he's talking to clients, what he needs from them. You need to know this information so that you can give them a heads up like I did earlier, telling they're gonna want your blood type, shoe size, and their firstborn. But giving them that information, understanding the different loan types, you don't have to be the expert. You just have to have a strategic partner who is the expert, but you do have to understand it. So we're going to interview Michael next week. Then we'll go into building the presentation, you having your own digital one, you looking like a boss, you bringing it home. The referral that your friend sent to you and this couple or family or whoever, individual sitting in front of you, We'll call them when this is over and thank them for referring them to you. That is how you build 67% of your business as referral client-based business. It's low hanging fruit, my friends. They are there because they want to learn from you. You are the expert. This is where your confidence and you're going to shine. You're going to practice this. You're going to be ready and you're going to kill it. All right, special thanks to my producer, Scott Parker. He is a beast in his own right. We're, this wouldn't be here without him because of his work. Thank you, Scott. Rookie Real Estate is powered by DeSelms Real Estate from Franklin, Tennessee. We are not here to recruit you. We are here to turn you into beasts, to make our industry better. We are here to pour into your lives, share with somebody, pour into their lives. Let's win together. Until next time, my friends, better your best.